The Political Process Podcast, hosted by activist and youth politician Clayton Herbst with youth activist guest stars from around the country. Together we are explaining the American political process and diving deep into the details of the system. Episode 2, Finding a Team. In this episode, we discuss how a candidate finds their team and staffers and how it all comes together. Today we are joined by a very special guest, Jonah Zachs. Jonah is a team political intern and policy activist from Missouri. In the past, he has served as an Alad Gross intern, and he is currently running the Motory Connection Service, pairing Missouri voters with notaries across the state. Thank you for joining us, Jonah. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So after a candidate decides they want to run, they need a staff. How does one typically find their team? Yeah, so there's a couple of different schools of thought on this one. Um, what you really want to do, what you want to let guide your, your search is figure out what you need out of your staff and then figure out what you're able to give to your staff and then find kind of a balance between those. So, right, for example, when I worked on Alad's campaign, Alad didn't need a speechwriter because he could come up with everything. And he didn't need a whole lot of surrogacy either because he wanted to be everywhere all the time. But what he really needed was someone to tell him to delegate. Uh, and so that was Jess's role for the most part. The campaign manager's role was like, you got to delegate. Um, in my case on Motory Connections, what I've really needed uh, was a yeah, someone to handle the legal stuff for me. Someone just knows more about that than I do. Uh, someone to do graphic design, because that is not my forte. Uh, so if you go to the website, it it looks really nice, actually, um, thanks to that. And someone to handle the tech, because that's important. Uh, it's, that's kind of the core of the system. So figure out what exactly the needs of the campaign are, and then figure out what parts of it you can do. And you should always bear in mind that while you may be capable of doing every individual thing that is required of a campaign or a project or any number of other things, you can never do everything at once. There's just too much for any one human being to do and still function at their full capacity, which you need to be able to do in order to have a successful campaign. Completely. Now, in your experience, where did you go to find these people? When you realized what skills you needed, where did you turn? Sure. So the story, it's actually a pretty funny story. Um, when I realized I needed someone to do the tech work that I just didn't have enough skill with or didn't have enough experience with, I just had a friend who I could text offhand and just say, hey, you're looking for a coding project. And that starts the whole thing. Um, sometimes that's what you're going to have. Sometimes that's what you're going to not have. And when you don't have that like when you don't have a group of friends who you can just cash in on a volunteer basis that's when you have to start looking at what you're prepared to give your staff the other half of that issue and so sometimes you're going to need to pay people and that's the reality you need to plan for that um other times you're going to know someone who knows someone so one community i'm part of is civics unplugged and all of those people have some skills that really sets them apart makes them unique so in places where my team hasn't had the resources or the time or the expertise 
to do something because, you know, we're five high school students. We don't know everything. We've been able to fall back on, on those people. So surrounding yourself with other people who are really interesting and who have skills is going to really do you favors down the line. Yeah, that's exactly making those connections. Now, each campaign is different. I know on my personal campaigns, I just needed people to pass out literature, but real campaigns need lots of different positions. What are some of the biggest positions on the campaign and what do they do? Yeah, so the easy one, of course, is campaign manager. Pretty much everyone's going to have a campaign manager. Um, And that's going to be someone who is just able to handle the day-to-day of everything. So as the candidate, you're going to be, or if someone else is the candidate, the candidate is going to be going to events and giving speeches. The campaign manager is going to be figuring out when and where those events and speeches are going to be because those things don't just write themselves. Um, The other one, and this is the one I think that gets overlooked a lot, is you're most likely going to need a treasurer. And as far as the paperwork goes, the treasurer shows up a lot more than the campaign manager does. So you want your treasurer to be someone really visible and you want them to be equipped with the people to help them do their job really well. Missouri, for example, um, all of your lit and everything that, that your campaign pays for has paid for by whatever, Clayton Herbst campaign with Jonah Zox treasurer, whatever it might be. Yes. I mean, that is an incredibly important position, treasurer. Now, are there any other positions that most campaigns use or those the top ones? Uh, the other important one, and this is important in my opinion, is to have a volunteer coordinator uh, so we had a great one when, when I worked on the Allod campaign and it, it, and it, of course it depends on the, the style of campaign that you're running, but if you really want a grassroots campaign, and in my opinion, those are the best kind, then you want to make sure all of those volunteers feel really plugged in, feel like they get to meet the candidate and get to be involved and get to know what's happening. So someone to just do that full time is going to become essential. Now, it's entirely possible that just the way the campaign shakes out, your campaign manager or your treasurer fills that role. And if that's the case, congratulations. But I wouldn't bank on it just because the campaign manager and treasurer are such important roles. And then the other thing that you're really going to want, especially uh, if you're running a larger campaign, so maybe a statewide campaign or even a national campaign, um, sometimes even congressional campaigns will need this, is going to be someone to coordinate your media appearances and your tracking. And so like a lot of the times you can give like say press secretary and it's like, oh, that's a flashy title. And it is, um, and it warrants it too. But it's really more than just like going out and doing a press briefing because for most campaigns, you're not going to have reporters clamoring to ask you questions. You're going to have to go out and find Uh, people to talk to and people you want to be interested in. Great points. So when we were talking about volunteers, a lot of campaigns use volunteers, especially smaller campaigns. Now, how are volunteers different from staffers? Uh, The biggest difference is that they don't get paid, Um, which when you're running a campaign on a budget, that's a pretty big difference. 
And in some cases, that can really be the only difference between a volunteer and a staffer. Uh, in other cases, they can be, uh, there can be a number of differences. So you might do your calculus and say, look, I think my best chances of winning are to bring in this out-of-state campaign manager and these three staffers who have won a bunch of elections together, and I think that's what we need here. And if that's if that's the situation, go for it. Personally, I think in-state people are going to know the turf better, but you know every campaign has its own needs. And in those cases, your volunteers are going to do be doing relatively, I don't want to say menial tasks, but just sort of rote repetitive tasks. So there's going to be a lot of like lit drops, a lot of um, a lot of stickers and signings and text banking. When you're not working under a pandemic, there's going to be a lot of door knocking. And that's the biggest thing that volunteers can do is knock doors because that's the most important thing. And here, when you're when you're having volunteers knocking doors, you got to be really smart about it because you want people to be able to interact with the candidate. You want prospective voters to be able to interact with the candidate. So one trick that I've seen that's worked out well has been to have the candidate go out knocking doors with people. And you've got like four or five people all on a block, all within eye, eye shot of each other. And they're knocking doors. And as soon as someone gets a hit, the candidate you know, drops whatever they're doing and runs up to that door and starts talking to the person who answered. So that's a really great way to do it too. Is you can get, because all those empty doors, you wait for like 30 seconds to a minute each one, you can slash that way down. Yes, and getting the candidate out there is incredibly important because as you said, the people want to engage with the candidate, not just volunteers. And I completely agree with you that having in-state people gives you an advantage. At least they know the turf or at least they have connections that way. Yeah, and the biggest thing about in-state people is... Everybody, there's something special about being home. Like everybody either loves their hometown or hates their hometown. And I don't care which camp you fall into. There's something important about that. And if you go back and look at your hometown, that's the place you know best. And knowing something well allows you to make real change there. So your hometown is the place where you can really do the most, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, an important distinction you said between staffers and volunteers is payment. Now, how are the staffers paid? Where does this money come from? Yeah, and again, that also depends on the campaign. So all, uh, not all, pretty much all campaigns are funded based on donations. And sometimes that donation comes from outside, sometimes it comes from the candidate. But the kind of way to think about fundraising is a sort of concentric rings. And so like your innermost ring is sort of yourself, maybe like your immediate friends and family, like, like the people who you're really closest to. And then your outermost, and then your next ring, maybe your slightly more distant friends, people who know the candidate, people who know you, um, and people who are really plugged in, they're you know you can usually get some money from them and then outside of that you've got kind of the general public and then you've also got fitting in somewhere it depends on the again it, all of this depends on the campaign but somewhere in there there's going to be like major political donors at that level of politics and so you're going to want to figure out 
uh, how much you can get from each of those rings. As you go out, generally speaking, you can get more money from each ring, but it's going to cost more to get to that ring. Um, so that's the important thing to think about. And then the other thing about fundraising and paying people is it's a lot easier to fire someone who's paid than someone who isn't. Uh, so you should bear that in mind, especially if you have some job with real responsibility. It's pretty uncomfortable to tell a volunteer, you know, you're not really, it's not really working out here. Or you, you've done something wrong or for whatever reason, I need to ask you to leave the campaign if they're not getting paid. It's a lot easier to have that conversation with someone who is getting paid. Yes, uh, people-powered campaigns in the past have, or at least in my opinion, are the best kind of campaigns because that, once again, brings in that community and uh, it allows people to feel like they have a stake in the campaign. Yeah, and your door knockers should all, always be people who have come to you. So I, I do know of campaigns that have paid their door knockers, and it can be helpful, especially like get people again. But in my experience, you want people to believe in the candidate more than they care about any particular task. Uh, Jason Kander once said, you got to get into politics to do something, not to be something. And so you really want people who are in there, in, in the campaign to do something, to get effect change, not just to be a campaign staffer or to collect a paycheck. It's a great way of looking at it. What is your advice to people looking to run for office and need to find a team? Be careful with your team, right? Like, don't just hire anybody. And even with your volunteers, like, make sure your volunteers know their stuff. And I'm not saying you should ever turn down a volunteer because, like, like I said, volunteers don't get paid. It's no skin off your nose to have a volunteer. But if your volunteer doesn't know what they're doing going in, Take the time to teach them what they're doing before you send them out to do something. So once I was working on uh, my local state reps campaign in, in the Missouri 87th district, and I was staffing the polls on election day. So I was, it was pre, it was a pre COVID election. So I was able to stand there and pass out literature and I was standing right next to the other candidate. It was a primary race. It was August. And this one voter was like, you know, the one undecided voter who walks in unsure how they're going to vote on election day as they're walking into the polling place. And we're both talking to him. Um, and I know my candidate. So I'm talking about our stance on guns and education. And like, these are the two key issues. And here are the laws that he wants to put forward on this. And here's how they're going to get through this Republican legislature this, that, and the other thing. And the other guy's like, yeah, you know, like, oh, that's, that's cool. Reading off his lit, um, trying to figure out what's going on. And eventually midway through this conversation with a voter, like on his way into the polls, um, our opponent's staffer turns to me and says, hey, what's your guy running for anyways? And it's the same thing his guy's running for. So you got to make sure your people know what they're doing. Yes. I mean, taking that extra time to educate or at least uh, finding people who are already educated and interested in the race can mean the difference exactly in that example of getting a voter or not. Yeah. And that race was decided by only like two percentage points, I think, if that. So it was a really tight race. It was a local race. So it's important. And the other benefit to that is 
once you really take the time to give that individual attention to a volunteer or a staffer, they will be loyal to you for life. Yeah. Thank you uh, for having me on. This has been super great. Uh, always great to talk to you. Uh, you can find me on social media if you want. I'm not that interesting on social media. What's really interesting on social media is Motory Connections. So that's going to be at Motory Connections on Instagram. It's spelled like notary, but with an M so that you get that abbreviation, that postal abbreviation, M-O at the beginning. So that's mo at Motory Connections on Instagram. Uh, there's a Facebook page, which is called Motory Connections. And then the biggest place you can go is motoryconnections.org. It's M-O-T-A-R-Y dot O-R-G. And there you can do all the things. Um, we've got a link to Elod's voter registration website. We've got um, places to request your absentee ballot. And then of course the core of the site is where you request a notary. So if you need a notary to vote absentee in Missouri, go to motoryconnections.org. Again, motoryconnections.org and get your notary there. Thank you, Jonah, for joining us on the show today. That was Jonah Zacks out of Missouri, a policy advocate, political intern, and currently running the Motory Connections. Thank you for joining us on episode two of the Political Process Podcast, Finding a Team, where we discussed how a candidate puts together their staff and all the steps that they must take before even announcing their campaign. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Political Process Podcast, hosted and edited by Clayton Herbst. Thank you to our special guests for joining us today. Tune in next time. Release dates every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday.